0: Ball, and welcome to Sample Size,
1: the only news podcast that cares about science.
0: I'm your host Samantha Spears,
1: and I'm your other host Cameron boozard mary Or wait, was I going to go by my like action, my like handle now?
0: Your handle?
1: Yeah, Wildcard Cameron. That's my handle.
0: Wait, are, are we going to be like disc jockeys now? Maybe. Like, are you going to be like I'm, and I'm wild card okay, I and I Wildcard Cameron here? I'm sorry. Okay,
1: move along. Let's move on to the story, <laughs> please. What is the news?
0: All right. I feel like at this point you should be introducing it. But no, I'll I'll do it because I have the introduction.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very much <laughs> in the theme of this episode. You're really blowing me away with your bad jokes. Oh,
0: oh All right. Okay. Well, why don't you introduce the topic? All right, listeners. We're talking about hurricanes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so let me just prime everyone with what's happening or what happened because this is a news podcast. So it's all in the past. All right. In the early morning of Thursday, August 27th, Hurricane Laura hit near Cameron, Louisiana as a Category 4 hurricane. That's me. It was you. Its path went through West Louisiana and Southeast Texas, then went up through Arkansas and the rest of the Southeast region of the U.S. Now, three days earlier, on Monday, August 24th, Tropical Storm Marco also hit the Louisiana coast. It was a Category 1 hurricane, but weakened to a tropical storm shortly before landfall. Now, two storms hitting a state within days of each other is pretty unprecedented, but also this hurricane season in general has broken several records, and I'll just go through some of them right here. Hurricane Laura was the seventh named storm this hurricane season, the most named storms on record before the end of August. From Laura, the Mermintow River gauge, it had the highest water level ever recorded of 17.14 feet which is over four feet above the previous record, which was from Hurricane Audrey in 1957. Now, another record on June 2nd, one day after the official start of the Atlantic hurricane season, the third named storm of the season, Cristobal, it was the earliest sea stormed named on record. And that traveled all the way into Wisconsin, becoming the first storm on record to blow that far northwest in North America. And then this hurricane season has also been the records for the earliest E, F, G, H, I, and K storms. And a lot of those sputtered out, but some, like Hannah and Isaiah, they made landfall. So I'm sure everyone listening is wondering, like, why are there so many more named storms occurring and impacting the U.S. this year?
1: That sounds like a segue over to me, Cameron.
0: (laughs) Yes, so... Cameron, you've been very interested in this topic, so please help inform us what's going on this hurricane season. Let me,
1: let me just peel back the curtain for all of you. I actually want to do this, and Sam was nice enough to accommodate me. <laughs> so yeah, first of all, as a Floridian, former Floridian, I technically am- No, nope,
0: just say Floridian.
1: As a Floridian, I am very aware of the hurricane lifestyle, and I feel like something that you need to understand to understand what's going on with all these hurricanes is to understand how hurricanes form. First of all, let's just get out the naming conventions out of the way because I don't know why this is like a weird thing. But <laughs> like hurricanes and cyclones and all these other large weather events, they're all actually the same kind of weather event. They're just called different things depending on where they are. So for right now, oh, hurricanes, yeah. yeah, hurricanes refer to self sustaining Atlantic storms. And they're going... That That's from NOAA. That's from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration.
0: Yeah, and cyclones, they're the ones that occur, like, kind of in China and India yeah, area? Yeah,
1: in, in the Pacific Ocean. So what you're yeah, actually okay. going to find as we talk about this is they're rough... They're basically exactly the same. Their formation, everything about them is the same. The only reason they're called hurricanes is because they happen over here, and it's just history. There's just some reason. But they're they are literally tropical cyclones. Okay. Now, according to NOAA... The, again, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which is a U.S.-based administration. So if you have a better one in your country, listen to them. But (laughs) pretty much every hurricane is the product of four basic ingredients. One, warm water. That's water at least 26.5 degrees Celsius. And it's actually ocean water a depth of 50 meters, which is a little over 50 yards. Like it's Basically, the entire water at the surface is hot. And what this does is this creates a blot of warm air above the water which causes air to rise and it creates this circulating effect that actually what it does is it strengthens storms. It creates basically this ongoing process where air is rising in the storm Mm -hmm. and then the cool air falls through the eye of the storm. If anyone's seen a hurricane there's that area in the middle and that's the cycle that helps make it sustaining and it's powered by warm water.
0: Oh, but okay.
1: The actual storm itself has to come from pre existing weather disturbances. Basically, this thing, it's called a tropical wave, which I think is the weirdest. It's like the single weirdest way to describe what's basically a low pressure zone. So, like, okay. all storms, pretty much all clouds are the product of a low-pressure zone. Its condensation is able to happen inside of a low-pressure zone. And as a result, it forms into clouds and then turns into precipitation. So that's pretty much how all clouds form. And that is going to be the basis for forming and strengthening a storm, is these low-pressure zones.
0: So, okay, what I'm hearing is that hurricanes are really just, like, these weird cloud formations on top of oceans?
1: No. Let me finish the ingredients and then you'll find out.
0: All right. All right. Go on. Three,
1: thunderstorm activity. So there's like already the difference between just the concept of a low pressure area and a thunderstorm. The thunderstorm is actual activity. It's The ocean is turning into heat, which is fueling the hurricane, but it basically is a storm, right? It is Mm -hmm. starting out as some formation that is able to actually create precipitation and the warm water... And the pre-existing weather disturbance, this tropical area, is what powers that storm into becoming a hurricane. So it's not just that, like, this thing forms and then becomes a hurricane. It's there are storms that exist, and they are strengthened through those first two ingredients to become hurricanes.
0: Oh, okay.
1: the last thing, and we're going to come back to this one, that's important to understand for hurricanes is what's called low wind shear. Like, wind shear, for anyone who doesn't Mm -hmm. know, is effectively a flow of wind. And it's usually when two paths of wind collide. So a hurricane itself is its own wind system. It's spinning in a specific direction. So air inside the storm is spinning in a specific way and warm air is rising and cool air is going down. Mm-hmm. And when that system is uninterrupted and able to gain strength from the hot water and the low pressure, it strengthens and strengthens. It becomes different levels of tropical storm, Cat 1 hurricane, Cat 5 hurricane, so on. Yeah. But if there's wind shear, wind shear is effectively... Any sort of air flowing in a direction that is not with the hurricane, which can actually slow it down and cause it to be not as severe. And that that last one, I think, is actually really interesting because, believe it or not, the University of Akron, Ohio, actually patented an idea to fly jets into hurricanes or over into hurricanes. Wait, what? Yeah. Use jets to create wind shear in smaller, weaker hurricanes so that they never get powerful enough to become strong, nasty hurricanes. Like, I have a source for this. And this other one, I remember reading in Popular Mechanics, but I couldn't find the source for it originally. But there was an idea to build a barge and put jet engines facing up to cancel the flow of cooling air in the middle of a hurricane to help slow it down.
0: That's crazy. So basically creating... Creating this wind to go in the opposite direction of the hurricane so it'll slow it down and will possibly eliminate it, right? Exactly. That's cool.
1: Now, all that stuff together makes a powerful storm that becomes a hurricane that then comes to mess up everything. Mm -hmm. And funny enough, all Atlantic hurricanes basically form in the same place. There's this place off the coast of West Africa called Cape Verde where the warm air from the Sahara Desert effectively meets cool air and starts to cool down, creating these tropical waves. And as a result, they form into storms and then strengthen into hurricanes. And pretty much every Atlantic hurricane more or less starts there. So every time you bless the rains down in Africa, (laughs) someone on the Gulf Coast loses their house.
0: Oh, I knew that joke was coming. I love making that joke. Thank you,
1: Toto. (laughs) Links to all these in the show notes.
0: Ah, Good. (laughs)
1: But now I'm sure you're wondering, Okay, well, that's how hurricanes are made. Why is this hurricane season so messed up? Yeah. I'm glad you asked. It dovetails nicely into what I'm about to explain.
0: All right. Please explain this for us.
1: All right. For those of you who do not know, the hurricane season, according to NOAA, is from June 1st till November 30th. And this is a period where the conditions in the Atlantic are most ideal for hurricanes to form. But this year it's been particularly active because, like you said, like right now it's just September and we've had like some 13 named storms where it's those little storms growing up into tropical storms and big nasty hurricanes.
0: Yeah. And the N1 is coming up soon. I think it's named Nana and it should be hitting like the coast of Mexico. Actually,
1: I'm glad you brought up the fact that they're named because something funny that people are speculating about is that Noah might be in trouble, not for the fact that there's these life-threatening storms moving across the ocean, but because of the fact that the way they name hurricanes, for anyone who doesn't know, all hurricanes every year are named from a list. It's 21 names long, goes boy, girl, boy, girl, and it has every letter except for Q, U, X, Y, and Z. And it's boy, girl, because much like our bathrooms, Americans love their hurricanes gendered. Ha! Huh. Yes, that was my great joke. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, this is 100% legit. Like, you can see the source for the naming list that we have, like, out through the next few years on the show notes.
0: Yeah. And don't they also retire some names if they're really bad storms?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, every year we don't call M. Marco every time. It's like, it also switches which ones are boy and which one are girl from year to year. Oh, and yeah. also, the name is like constantly changing. Now, as funny as that is, the real thing to think about for this year goes back to those ingredients I mentioned. There's two special things happening right now that are making for such an active hurricane season. And it has to do with the low wind shear and it has to do with high water temperature. So All right. the first thing here is we're getting what's known as a lack of El Nino. <gasps>
0: Oh, I was hoping El Nino discussion would come up. Please tell me what that means because I hear it all the time and I have no idea what it means.
1: So El Nino is this thing where in the West Pacific, the water gets very warm and it creates this flow where water off the West Coast of America is cold. Water on the West part of the Pacific is warm. And so that water, what it does is it rises and it creates this crazy cyclical effect that it itself – can cause like pretty bad storms in the Pacific. El Nino can cause pretty bad okay. storms. But what this airflow does is it actually moves past the west coast of America all the way across creating this wind shear that goes into the Atlantic and helps reduce the effects and severity of hurricanes.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying that El Nino is a thing that occurs off the west coast of the in, U.S. No,
1: in the Pacific Ocean. Okay, the entire yeah. Pacific Ocean.
0: All right. Yes. Yeah. So even further, it's in the Pacific Ocean, but it creates such powerful wind shear that it actually affects things happening like in the Gulf of Mexico. That's yeah. crazy. It's
1: literally... This cyclical air pattern that actually pushes air across America and makes a flow of air that creates wind shear and slows down the hurricane. So they don't become as severe. But this year, we're seeing a progression towards what's called La Nina, which is the Pacific cooling. So it doesn't create this generation of airflow. And so the wind shear is not nearly as powerful as it could be to slow hurricanes.
0: Okay. All right. So because we're in La Nina, we don't have all that wind shear coming, and that means that we have the potential for more powerful hurricanes forming.
1: Yeah, and I actually have a link to a super handy video explaining all this that I'll keep in the show notes. Ooh, yeah. Because it's like I I spent a long time trying to make sure I understood this exactly because at first <laughs> I thought it had to do with like pressure systems. But, I mean, technically it does, but it more has to do with this wind shear effect. Okay, yeah, very cool. Now, the second thing is we're also seeing extremely high surface temperature. Mm. And as I mentioned, hot water makes hot air. Air rises. It feeds that cycle that makes the hurricane that much stronger.
0: Yeah. It's like the first ingredient in a hurricane.
1: Yeah. And we're noticing just abnormally high surface temperatures for the water. And a lot of people speculate that it has to do with global warming because the warming, it's not just warming air. The actual warming of water isn't just because of the warm air. It has to do with ice melting and changing the salinity, the saltiness of the water really? that can itself affect how well the water retains heat and all these like different things that I'm really not smart enough to explain. I'd rather go find actual scientists who are well versed on this, but the thing is global warming is expected to affect this for multiple reasons beyond just it's hot outside.
0: Okay, yeah, I didn't actually know that at all. I just thought it was oh, yeah, the The water temperature is going up because, I don't know, you kind of hear reports of like, yeah, temperatures here are going up, temperatures in this part of the area is going up. So I'm like, yeah, water temperature is going up. That tracks. I didn't actually think it would be associated with like the salt content of like glaciers melting and stuff.
1: Yeah. But this is also where I want to take a minute to step back. Like we should never discount the actual climate of our planet and how it affects ecosystems. But – Something to remember is, like, the Earth is constantly making storms. Like, it's Mm. not like Mother Nature wakes up on June 1st. is like, oh, boy, time to start (laughs) making hurricanes. Let me get the equipment out (laughs) of the attic. No, there's literally storms happening all the time. But what's important to understand is this is one of the first years where we're really seeing conditions to amplify more of those storms into hurricanes. Like, there's nothing magic about the number of storms happening. It's just impressive the frequency with which those storms are becoming hurricanes and cyclones.
0: Yeah, and another thing when I was reading about hurricanes and such and kind of about the phenomenon of having two hurricanes (laughs) in a short day span hitting Louisiana, also a thing I was running across is that scientists generally, they attribute global warming to actually... More so amplifying the intensity of storms and not so much the frequency of storms. I was wondering if you read anything about that.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what most of the resources that I have here say. It has to do with not necessarily global warming specifically, but like the weather conditions themselves, Mm -hmm. amplifying it and how they're likely linked to global warming. Because it's weird to think about the fact that we have La Nina, the water getting cooler is causing us to have worse hurricanes.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, that's weird. That's fascinating. I I guess you forget that, like, you know, the whole ecosystem kind of works together and like everything in the world. Isolated <laughs> sphere. Like it all works together and just like, huh. Yeah, that's right.
1: Like, th- but this also goes to, like, because there are more of them happening like it's not like storms don't happen at the same time but because more of them are being amplified at the same time we had our double event where laura and marco were really coming towards the gulf and it looked like louisiana was going to get a double collision from two hurricanes back to back
0: yeah and fortunately marco weakened a lot by the time it hit and i think some were speculating that marco weakened because of wind shear conditions of possibly from laura actually like they canceled each other out i heard that at some point
1: yeah Another thing you have to remember is I'm going to get into this a little more in my next section, but there are a lot of things that go into not just what strengthens a hurricane, but also what weakens it. Like as it goes over land, it actually can drastically change its course or it can drastically change how much power output it has because it doesn't it's not being fed by that warm water from the ocean mm-hmm. or there's now cross breezes from any sort of wind over land or just coastal winds. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Now, I made Sam – back off because I didn't want to spoil this thing about like oh what do we do if we have too many hurricanes well Sam would you like to tell us about 05 since you wanted to steal all that magic from me
0: Oh is this Can is we this just the give time give it to you
1: yeah here it,
0: All right so a little teaser up ahead of naming conventions on hurricane So what happens when they run out of the list of names in a hurricane season and I know this because it happened in the 2005 hurricane season is that they then go into the Greek alphabet of names
1: Yeah. And the reason I want to keep this in mind is kind of going back to that. As much as this seems like a freakier hurricane season and like 2020 couldn't get any worse. At the end of the day, we've seen a hurricane season like this before in 05. Mm
0: -hmm. But the
1: one thing people want to keep in mind is the elements that cause it to be such a nasty season. A lot of those elements are being amplified and affected by climate change. So no one wants to discount climate change talking about how intense this storm season is. But at the same time, we've seen storm seasons like this.
0: Yeah, and that's actually one of the difficult things when talking about climate change in general is because when you talk about climate change, you talk about the weather and the weather is constantly changing. You have seasons, you have, you know, your temperatures raise and lower dramatically. There's one thing that my dad particularly finds annoying is when weathermen say, Oh, this temperature is above normal. He always asks, OK, what's normal? And it's like, yeah, they mean the average temperature, but they're kind of using a colloquial phrase and that's not right. You know, people who are in the math <laughs> get annoyed with that stuff. But like it's just kind of difficult to wrap your head around what stuff is in like in a good sense of fluctuation and what stuff is actually going in a trend of being towards the bad end or towards the climate change end.
1: Yeah. And actually, this brings up something I want to talk about with hurricanes. So we're going to pivot at the end here. And I'm going to talk about, as a Floridian, what you should know or need to know about hurricanes and how they're reported on so that you can survive your hurricane season.
0: Oh, great. Because
1: much like climate change, the way they talk about hurricanes in the news kind of sucks for you as a person who needs to know information. And let me just go with like the first thing to understand about hurricanes and what I really hate when we're talking about them is until a hurricane or tropical storm gets its name, it's literally just determined by wind speed. Like a hurricane isn't considered mm. a hurricane until it reaches a certain wind speed and then it has to go through the different categories. Yeah. And I hated this because like, okay, high winds are dangerous. I'm not discounting this at all. It can rip the roof off a building is serious business. Oh, yeah. But the real damage from hurricanes, the real thing that kills people during a hurricane is water.
0: Mm, it yes. is
1: the most important thing to keep in mind when they tell you the category of a hurricane, and you can look this up on the NOAA site, you can look this up on like NASA site. Um, there are a million different ways to Google the different categories of hurricane, but each wind designation actually comes with an expected storm surge level. And storm surge is, the wind is so powerful, it's literally pushing water, like more water, than would normally be there in any other given time. So you can end up like in a Cat 5 hurricane, you can end up with 19 feet of storm surge.
0: Whoa. Imagine
1: looking up at a 19-foot wall of just water (gasps) everywhere.
0: Oh, oh, that's scary. Oh, don't. Yeah.
1: And that's not even counting the fact that they bring just a ton of rain. Like I think it was Hurricane Harvey in Texas. Mm. It was basically just parked on the coast. It was constantly picking up water from the ocean and dumping it directly on Texas. And that is a very dangerous thing, not just because of the fact that it's just raining cats and dogs directly on top of you forever, but because it can cause like if that rain's going up a river or it causing a storm surge in areas that will spill over into where you are, it will cause flooding that you don't even think is related to the hurricane.
0: Oh, yeah. Being from Louisiana, I know this very well in that. It's kind of weird, but you'll actually sometimes have a hurricane or a bad storm come through and it'll dump a lot of rain and then that rain will just build up slowly. And so then actually a lot of the flooding may happen like a day later and when it's not even raining anymore.
1: Yeah, and all of this to say, it doesn't matter if you live in a bunker or if you live in a fortified mansion or whatever. If you're in a flood-prone area or you're in like an ocean level area, you need to be mindful of the fact that storm surge can get you. You can live in a very tall house and still have to deal with water. This also brings me to the second thing that's weird about the way they report hurricanes, which is the spaghetti models. Like we've all seen the like Kona projection and the like, oh look, the spaghetti diagram shows that like you follow this line and the hurricane's definitely gonna go into Florida. Oh no, it's going to Louisiana. Oh, it's gonna get Alabama, it's gonna attack, it's gonna be all over the place.
0: Yeah, I think all I know is that the European model is the best. <laughs> That's pretty
1: much. I don't actually know which one's more accurate. <laughs> but the thing I hate about it is it doesn't actually tell you where the hurricane's going to be. It tells you where the eye of the hurricane's going to be.
0: Oh, yes. It tells yes. you where the
1: absolute – if anyone has seen a hurricane, like I think Irene in Florida like four years ago, was as big as the state. It was as large as the width of Florida. So when something tells you that it's going to go this way, all it's telling you is the eye of the storm is going to go that way. Hurricanes are gigantic. They are literally massive state-sized weather events. And a spaghetti model might say, oh, look, it's going to skirt by where I am. That still means you can get tons of water and storm surge. That's still clouds and rain and wind and all sorts of things that can affect you and put you in harm's way. And so this is also a case of where you need to be very mindful of evacuation orders or any guidance people are giving on the potential effects. Because, again, going back to what you said about Louisiana, a hurricane could hit somewhere really far away, but the amount of stuff it's bringing with it can definitely affect you.
0: I mean, especially in parts of southern Louisiana, it's just so prone to flooding.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of ecological reasons for that. But we'll talk about that another time. (laughs) The last thing I want to talk about is just like some basic things to keep in mind when you're dealing with a hurricane or preparing for one. Definitely listen to any sort of evacuation order or anyone giving guidance that the hurricane's going to come through here. There's going to be flooding, things like that. That's stuff you should always keep in mind. But you're also going to always want to keep like a battery-powered radio so you can stay up to date because during a hurricane, a lot of the time, the electricity will get knocked out because it is just ripping up everything in its path. It's not just wind knocking down power poles, it's water lifting up entire structures and moving them across the landscape. And so the likelihood that you'll have power if you're near or directly impacted by a hurricane is not likely. And so it's important to have a way to stay up to date on any sort of emergency broadcasts. It's also important to make sure you have appropriate food and water for you and your family. And one of the things that I don't think a lot of people know to have in their house is actually in in the Gulf Coast, you're recommended to have an axe in your attic.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. Would you like to talk about this one, Sam?
0: Yeah, I guess I could say it briefly. Basically, just in case you need to get out of your house if it's being flooded.
1: Yeah. Like a lot of people, they'll be in their homes. Either because they didn't have a way to evacuate or because they chose not to because the hurricane was originally projected not to affect them.
0: Yeah, or evacuation orders came really late and so they just couldn't go.
1: Like there are a lot of coastal cities that are basically islands that if the water gets too high, the main way out of them is just flooded. Yeah. And that is what's going to happen ahead of a hurricane. In those cases, people unfortunately will try and find refuge up in their house if they have a second level or an attic. And if it gets flooded up there, you need a way out. There have been lots of stories of people being trapped in their attics.
0: Yeah, so that's why an axe is a good idea.
1: And the last serious thing to keep in mind is, like I mentioned, if the power goes out, you're going to lose the ability to refrigerate anything. So ideally, it's important to have non-perishables, but if you need like medicine that needs to be refrigerated or anything like that, it's important to keep in mind to have like a cooler with dry ice or something so that you're not hurting for medicine while you're waiting for help.
0: Yeah. The basic advice is if you're going to bunker down in your home or in like a shelter area of some sort, just trying to have supplies for like a week or two of not having electricity in your home. So, yeah, having enough food, making sure your medicine is not going to be perished, making sure you have batteries, making sure you have like water and all these other things.
1: And to end on a positive note, is a hurricane doesn't mean you can't have fun. So don't forget your hurricane snacks. It's going (laughs) to... Is it called like a hurricane party or something?
0: Yeah, or I call it a hurricane party. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's... Well, okay, don't don't take it lightly. But also, we've been through hurricanes. You know, it's like still... It's a good excuse to, you know, go get some Cheetos. Disclaimer, we're not sponsored by Cheetos. I just really (laughs) like crunchy Cheetos. Those are Cameron's tips and tricks for surviving and understanding hurricanes.
0: Very good. And I think that's an appropriate place to wrap up there.
1: Yeah, if you enjoyed this episode or you have friends who you think would appreciate a Floridian's perspective on how to understand and handle hurricanes, please share it with them. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms.
0: Yeah, and again, as always, all of our sources will be in the show notes, so you can go and read more and to check out that YouTube video Cameron was recommending.
1: Yeah, you'll finally be able to explain La Nina and El Nino to people. Yes, finally. You'll be the coolest kid at the party. I know I am. Anyway, I've been Cameron.
0: And I've been Sam.
1: Survive those hurricanes. This is nothing.
0: (laughs) See ya.